Hello, listeners. First off, we want to thank you for joining us on the Wonder Friends podcast. Please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Wonder Friends Pod or on Facebook under the Wonder Friends podcast. Our opening and closing theme music is produced by our friend and collaborator at The Rap Nerd, D-A-R-A-P-N-E-R-D. So please follow him on Instagram as well. And with that said, let's get into the episode. Play that music. All right. Um, hello and welcome back, listener or listeners. Um, if this is your first time, welcome. I'm Frederick. And uh, I'm Rustin. And we are two relatively old guys talking about relatively old movies, specifically the MCU. And even more specifically today, we're talking about Ant-Man and Doctor Strange, <laughs> a.k.a. the other guys, a.k.a. <laughs> Marvel makes some risky moves. Um, I don't know. Did you have anything, I guess, in common collectively you could say about these two movies? Surprisingly, not. Like, when I first heard they were coming out, wasn't super excited about them, especially Ant-Man. Probably Ant-Man yeah. more than Doctor Strange because I am really into, like, magic fantasy, that kind of thing. So Doctor Strange probably would have hit with me regardless. Yeah. But they were they were like the dark horses, man. Yeah. Like Ant Man's one of my favorite MCU like heroes out of everybody. I love I love that Paul Rudd is the one playing it. Like he did <laughs> yes. such a great job with that role. Yeah, I think I and I mean I, I know we have have to have mentioned this before, but their casting choices are never like the obvious ones. Yeah, because if you, if you yeah. look at anyone's resume before marvel they're not going after like the tom cruise they're not going after the actor the the superstar who is a guaranteed box office draw it's like let's go off the beaten path and get some some stranger choices so to speak uh for a lot of these characters and yeah man paul rudd was one of the best one of the best choices they made in my mind mcu's casting choices rarely miss Hmm. like there's there's like there's like one in particular that i can think of that i'm not super like on board with yes but for the most part like 90 percent of the casting shows i'm like i can't see anybody else in that role like yes. this is the perfect perfect person and yeah. definitely paul rudd he nailed it top of the list so uh at this point i mean do you want to just specifically let's just go into ant-man yeah let's do it all right man so uh well like i said this is one of those riskier movies um because up until now everything is kind of explainable by science or some version of science the asgardians are aliens who are scientifically advanced so to us Mm -hmm. they seem like they're doing magic and you know i think there's even a line of like magic and technology are one and the same in asgard or something like that Um, yeah Mm -hmm. ant-man which by the way credited as written by edgar wright joe cornish who you might know from attack the block have you seen that movie 
Oh yeah, I did. Dude. That was uh, a good John Boyega, Black yeah, Boy dude. from London, bruv. Oh, I love that movie, Aliens Attack. Um, <laughs> Those are also, cool aliens, too. They were, right? Uh, also credited with as writer is Adam McKay, who you might know uh, from the other guys, Step Brothers, Anchorman, Talladega Nights, yeah. a lot of Will Ferrell stuff. Um, so that's like some, so a pretty good mixture of writers here. Um, and I don't know if you heard, but I, I think Edgar Wright was on board to write and direct. Um, Edgar Wright, who you might know from Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz. Yeah, um, yeah. Logan, Logan is an Edgar Wright fan, so which I, I already knew about Shaun of the Dead. I've actually yeah. watched it before. That that freaking trilogy of movies he has. The Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, some man. of the best movies. Yes. And surprisingly, the one that I liked the best was Hot Fuzz. Yeah. That's my favorite one of the three. I'd have to rewatch and reevaluate. But I did just rewatch uh This is the End. World's End. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. World's we did I think we did World, talk about it. now that I'm going into this. I feel like we talked about it last time. Um, but so I guess apparently with Edgar Wright. The vision wasn't matching up to the needs of the rest of the universe, and he was replaced with a director, Peyton Reed, who, looking at his credits, there were a few things that stood out to me. He did quite a few episodes of Mr. Show with Bob and Dave. I don't know if you heard of that. No. Uh, it was a HBO or a Showtime sketch comedy with Bob Ross, or Dave Ross and Bob Odenkirk. Uh, he did Bring It like On. Okay. Uh, Bring It On, one of those movies from our era. Yeah. We're yeah. supposed to hate that admittedly i actually kind of like um I, I can say the same he uh he was involved in the upright <laughs> citizens brigade and then yes man by jim carrey so uh that one was actually not not terrible not terrible so you've got not a pretty terrible. good pedigree of like like the, yeah. the, the group that's put yeah. together here is pretty good um so where are we it's after age of ultron Mm-hmm. Um, because they referenced the, the Avengers drop in the city. We start with S.H.I.E.L.D. We see some old young people and some young old people. Yeah. We've got uh, Hank Pym as a young mm-hmm. guy. We've got uh, Howard Stark as a younger version of the older version of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Agent Carter, who's been aged up to kind of match all those guys. Yeah. Um, we see Hank Pym as a badass, like from the get. Um, yep. How do you feel about the Scott Lang, not Hank Pym of this movie? No, dude, I was like, okay, so, I mean, yeah, I can see why people might not be too thrilled with having the Scott Lang version as opposed to the Hank Pym version, just because Hank Pym is more notable as Ant-Man. Yes. But I, th- I think it really worked because I, I know the storyline behind Scott Lang um, mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, and they actually kept pretty true to that in the movie which was really nice to see yeah plus scott lang's ant-man is without a doubt way better than hank pym's yes and i think if it were hank pym then we would be tethered to yet another scientist who created a thing yeah and we still get to have that story and actually if you look at like the plot of the movie Hank Pym's problem is almost the A plot of this story. And Scott Lang's problem, which is trying to be a good man so that he could get his daughter back, yeah. kind of seems to be on the back burner a little bit. Um, yeah. So 
I, I do like that Hank Pym is there and we give him all the credit that oh, he yeah, kind of deserves, sure. but then we get a passing of the torch movie and we get like this, this guy who is a parent and as a, a parent of a daughter and, and like, I know you are as well, there was something relatable about Scott Lang that kind of, uh, and I mean, they could have played this with uh, Hank and Hope as well, but something about him being this guy with a kid that made yeah. him more relatable almost than any other Avenger at this point. Oh, dude. Okay, so side note here, a little bit of a side note. Mm-hmm. I just want to go in and say, like, this is probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. It's when he's going to her birthday, <laughs> and he's got that ugly little doll. <laughs> and, the, you know, the, his ex-wife's boyfriend is like, Ew, the things, you know, she... Like, he's, like, all snobby, yeah. acting like he's not going to like like it. And yeah. he knows he knows his daughter. And she she loved the thing. He's and I, so I ugly. I, I love him. <laughs> yes. I found the whole, that whole scene super wholesome. I, I loved it so much. I'm so glad that wasn't, like, a deleted scene that they took yes. out or decided to take out. I really... It shows a lot of Scott's character, too. Yes. It shows his character through the people that are in his orbit, right? So you got, and let's stay there for a second, because you've got his ex-wife played by Judy Greer, who is one of those, like, just my favorite. But at the time, if I would have said, oh, who do you like? Judy Greer. People would be like, who? Like, you know her. If I showed you her, you would know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I think she's the first time I saw that are that are like in a lot of different things. Yes. But not. Not typically the main character. I think those kinds of actors are called character actors. Yeah, she plays the best friend a lot. Yes, she does. Um, I think the first time I ever noticed her was in a movie called Jawbreaker, where she played the the homely girl that they took and made her over, and then she became the popular girl, and then she became the monster that they created kind of thing. Um, And then the the ex-wife's new boyfriend... Uh, who happens to be a cop, which, which is, you know, serves some sort of irony because when we meet Scott, he is a, a criminal. He's a, or he's yeah. a prisoner uh, recently released from jail. So that the, uh, you know, the, the new boyfriend is a cop kind of makes it a little bit uh, interesting. What I love what they did with that uh, character played by Bobby Cannavale. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um and he's also one of those guys who, if you yes, saw his is. IMDb, it's like, holy <laughs> crap, this guy's been in a lot of stuff. I he actually, is... I actually like yeah. that guy. Yeah. I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you what his name is. I really couldn't. Like, yeah. I can't know because I just heard it, obviously. But I, I see and him in a lot of That could be an incorrect pronunciation. <laughs> I see him in a lot of stuff. And, like, I, I enjoy him, genuinely yeah. enjoy him, most of the roles I see him in. Yes. Oh, like this. Uh, oh, he played the boyfriend to Melissa McCarthy in uh, Super Intelligence, and it's a movie. Oh where... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. she's actually movie. like really good at her job, but she's kind yeah. of relegated to being the secretary. I do remember no, that. that. This one oh, is. Uh, that's not the same one. No, this one is. It's an AI played by James Corbin, like actual James Corbin as himself. I highly recommend the movie. Um, really, and he basically. The AI targets her and just tells her, like, hey, you know, I'm going to, like, do all this stuff for you, and you got to prove that humans are worth saving. 
when did this what is, I, oh, that dude. doesn't sound familiar at all i think What's it's on called? hbo super intelligence super i'm pretty intelligence. sure it's super intelligence. i'll check it out yeah but he was in that movie he was really good in that movie too the, th- but the yeah, choice i highly recommend it. it was really good oh i'll definitely check it out the choice that they made to not make this guy 100 percent the guy that you love to hate yep yep but there's a side of him that's like oh this guy actually seems like well i think first and foremost seems like a decent guy to be around my daughter and mm-hmm. to be with my ex-wife who um he didn't still have feelings for but clearly he still had love for her um and that was yet another I can relate. it was a thing uh that kind of adds a new dimension to a marvel character you could almost yep. just tell the story of this guy without any super heroics and it would probably be very interesting yeah you know i actually agree with that 100 percent. it is a very very interesting story it is one that's been done before but i think they could have yeah but but throwing throwing uh the incredible shrinking man and honey i shrunk the kids into this <laughs> very relatable you know ex-wife new boyfriend my daughter storyline yep. it, it was kind of interesting to see um it's so i guess story-wise right he's recently released from jail picked up by his brother louis or his buddy louis um and you kind of realize that uh he's not just a common criminal he is an mit alum with a mm-hmm. master's in electrical engineering um and he's also got kind of this robin hood backstory yeah <clears throat> where um you know, he kind of like screwed over some greedy uh, multimillionaires, whatever, got money sent back to people. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a dope. Yeah, it was like very that. heroic. Before becoming the hero, he's already got these heroic traits. Um, yep. And I also put that uh, the skills that he possessed, we're making a character card of Scott Lang pre-Ant-Man. He's very personable. Mm-hmm. Um you see that in that opening fight scene. Ah, he is not a fighter. So <laughs> not not a skill he possesses, but something worth mentioning. Yeah. He's not a fighter inherently. Um, he's really good at climbing. He's got the nimble movement. Um, he's good at chemicals and mixing and things like that when he breaks into that. Well, I'm jumping ahead a bit. But he's got character traits that you can see mm-hmm. evolving into something cooler um but like he's out of options because of his record yeah can't even hold down a job at baskin robbins even though they've heard of him really funny yeah baskin robbins always finds out um (laughs) they always find out (laughs) that's so mysterious (laughs) (laughs) but it's he says it like common knowledge yeah yeah, baskin robbins always finds out um and I wonder hey, if you're somebody who's worked at Baskin Robbins, is it funnier even even more? Like, is there some level of truth to it? Like, oh yeah, dude, Baskin Robbins yeah. actually does always find out. Um, maybe not. Uh, so, that would be funny if that were true, though. Right. So, <laughs> so Scott Lang's <laughs> he's out of options. Basically, if he wants to see his his kid, he's got to get something big, and he's got to get it fast. So he turns to his friend mm-hmm. Luis and his other friends, Dave and Kurt, played by Dave Desmalchin, uh, T.I., and I, Luis is Michael Pena. Um, so yes. 
we go through Luis's game of telephone where this person tells this person the thing. Yeah. And one of my favorite lines in the movies, which is, yo, man, this guy's got a big ass safe just sitting in the basement, just chilling. Funniest line because it's said by somebody else with Michael Pena's voice over it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we go through the the breaking of, you know, breaking into Hank Pym's place. And uh, I don't know. What are your uh, you feel anything about that? The, the, uh, the skills displayed there. Dude, his skills are phenomenal. Okay, as a thief, he's definitely really good. And it's, it's funny to me because he's like that wasn't the kind of thief he was originally, but he he's still smart enough to like still do that job. Yeah. And then also, I really love that running gag where Luis is like telling a story and like everyone else has Michael Pena's voice. That's super hilarious. I think this is one. I think this might be the first movie where comedy plays more yes. of a like a high point in the movie like yes. this is the first time we see just how funny mcu writers can get that is a uh, a trivia thing that i not a trivia thing but just a, a note that i had made it's like this goes into a group of movies that categorically you could say this is a comedy action movie yes uh, yes one as opposed to the other way around which they usually do because yeah. even, even the actions movie so few and far between and almost none of it is fighting, but the, right. the, the comedy is punched way the hell up. You're right. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, you got Captain Marvel's cat behind you. Um, that is Jekyll. That's my boy Jekyll. I think, <laughs> speaking of, I also think Captain Marvel, Thor Ragnarok, I would even say Shang-Chi's humor is punched up quite a bit. The Guardians movies. Yeah, yeah the Guardians movies for sure. I feel like they all kind of fall into that category. Um, yeah. Of like mm -hmm. comedy first. So we do get our first action sequence, kind of action sequence, where Scott puts on the suit. You know, we broke into this yeah. safe. We did all the things to get there. He showed his skills, finally gets there, and it's just a suit. <laughs> he takes the suit home, puts it on, and ends up going on the Ant-Man adventure through the drains that was the... that was like so well done too like yeah. the the visuals the aesthetics like so convincing so realistic i i really enjoyed how how super realistic that whole sequence was yeah. and having grown up on like honey honey we shrunk the kids yeah honey, i shrunk the kids and more, how believable more... that was for us as kids yeah, to see it as an adult and be even more convinced that this is real was like insane. See, we grew up on more practical effects as opposed yeah. to like computer generated effects. Those did come like while we were growing up, but it was mostly like practical effects. And and the CG was never convincing as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I even, know that okay. even now when you look back at those movies, it's just like, oh god, that's yeah. terrible. How did we? Like you watch a, a one of the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and there are just yeah, moments yeah. where it's like, ah, like we believe that, or we were just okay with that. Um, so that is one of those things that makes me an old guy. Is when I hear people say something like, "Oh, Ant Man, that looks so fake." Like, it mm, just yeah. tells me that you're young. Um, anyways, weird tangent. Yes, that sequence was dope. Um. So then we get to another sequence, which is kind of like in a break, because once 
he goes through the entire Ant-Man trial by water, so to speak, um, he returns the suit in this comedic, mm-hmm. hard-cut beat. Just boom, put the suit <laughs> back. You imagine he went through everything he went through the first time just yep. to put it back. Gets arrested, gets busted out of jail, has his whole the world is bigger than you know it is moment. Um, and then we jump right into another action sequence, which is the introduction of Antony, the jailbreak, the flying ant, where he goes up into the mm-hmm. air and then passes out and wakes up in a strange bed where we have Scott meets Hope for the first time. Um, can you, are you able to go back to this moment or has it been a while since you've seen it? It, it has, but I'm, I'm, my memory is pretty good on, on what, what happened there. I will say that <laughs> just out of like relationships in general, I hope and Scott's probably one. I'd say one of my favorites for sure. I just like the dynamic and how I'm always probably a sucker for like the dude's definitely into the girl, but the girl's like totally not into the dude and actually thinks it's kind of like a dumbass. Yes. And or and I think that's the part that's important is not that she's not into him and he's into her because that can get problematic. But the idea that like I'm above this dude, like clearly she's in a different league and a different level this is probably not even the type of dude she would even give a second thought about. Um, Compounded by the fact that she's got her own grudge. Why is this Mm -hmm. guy being chosen by my dad to wear the, the, the Ant-Man suit and I'm not. Um, Yes. So she got a huge chip on her shoulder. Yes. Already don't like this guy. And he's kind of dumb from what I can see. And dad picked him over me. Um, and they're not even subtle about drawing the parallels between Scott and Cassie and Hank and Hope as the father-daughter yeah. relationship and the father just wants so badly, you know, to, to bond and connect with a daughter that he's almost lost at this point. Scott mm-hmm. is losing his daughter. Hank has lost his daughter uh, emotionally. Um, but then we jump into training montage number one or training montage part one. Yeah, and you know, training montages are like my number one favorite thing in action movies. <laughs> um, but it's the bad version, right? It's the part where he's not getting it, he's not hitting right. the mark when he's supposed to, he kind of sucks. Um, and at the end of that, we get uh, Hope, who has a very scary moment with the talking to the ant device where she makes the ants like oh he can't make the ant put the sugar cube in the cup watch this and she makes all the ants put all the cubes in the cup and then it starts overflowing and then all the ants crawl up to the light and start covering it and the room gets dark and it's like what is this scarlet witch moment that's happening and hank (laughs) like help stop that or whatever the hell he said um and then we get a janet backstory where uh we learn hank's real fear of the pim particles and the usage of the pim particles and mm-hmm. why he doesn't want hope to do it he doesn't want her to get like in trouble like get hurt get killed same thing happened to her that happened to you know her mom like it's very standard like yeah. you no know, it's not complicated overprotective father like relationship which i can understand obviously it might be a trope it might be overdone but 
I mean, honestly, it's a trope for a reason. Yeah, exactly. It's logical. Yes. is what it is. Exactly. I think uh, I'm going to express a little bit of my opinion here in yeah. terms of tropes. Uh-huh. And I know a lot of people like can complain that something's been like done to death or whatever, but I mean, if it fits the story, it fits the story. Yeah. Like, I don't see why that's such a big deal or a big problem with some people. Like, it, it fits this story. This dude is like a genius created... Yeah like shrinking particles created a suit that allowed him to shrink himself probably a founding member of wife. shield yeah so he's he's lived a dangerous life he knows yes. that he knows what's out there he knows there's people out there that do terrible things like probably better than most people in the mcu yes like of course he's not going to want his daughter like his only daughter by the way not that yes. he had more than one <laughs> it would be less well thing. i've still got two more at home so. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just saying like yeah i don't know i don't i don't i don't really believe in the complaint of it's been done to death like if it oh, fits no. the story then and it makes sense for the story i guess it's more accurate yeah. then i'm totally fine with it like and all already I get in, it. in a universe that already exists we're asking you to believe that a guy created a particle that can make mm-hmm. people shrink and retain the same amount of strength that they had as a six foot tall man. So already that's a big ask for your audience. Yeah. So if, yeah. if the, the family stuff gets too complicated, it's like, well, what am I paying attention to here? What am I trying to hold on to in order for this story to work out? Um, but the bad, the you know, the bad training montage, the scary moment. We get a Janet backstory that really shows the source of Hank Pym's paranoia, mm-hmm. and we get a, mo- a nice moment with Scott and Hope in the car where he basically breaks it down. He's like, "Don't you understand? I'm expendable. It's the reason why I'm in the suit and you're not." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's then- actually, oh man, that is like brutally honest to himself yeah. that he's able to pick up on that. Mm. But that's and still oh, be that's Paul Rudd line. throughout. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like, a good line, though, man. Great line. I'm extendable. Yes, that's yeah, why I'm in man. the suit. And you yeah. know, Hank Pym is on the other end listening. Like, he knew that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, that's kind of the, the turning point that we need for the montage to go into its second half, which mm-hmm. is he jumps and goes through the keyhole and pops back up on the other side. Um, his combat training with hope he's getting better he's a you know obligatory uh shirtless shot where he's hurt and she kind of takes a second to soak it all in and go okay um (laughs) montage continues he gets better we're ready for ant-man um first test is sending scott to a former stark facility Oh, I know you're gonna you're gonna want to talk about this part. <laughs> this leads to probably my favorite cameo in a Marvel movie. Mine too. Yes. I I love it. I love it. Up until this point, cameos in Marvel movies from outside characters. Let's see, you get uh like 30 seconds of Hawkeye on Thor. Mm-hmm. I'm really having trouble 
finding well, another you got, place. You got Black Widow and Iron Man, which was more of an actual role. Well, she was definitely a Iron character. Yeah. But uh, see, Iron Man 3. What was in Iron Man 3? Captain America First Avenger, we get uh, Howard Stark, I guess yeah. you could say. But Howard and Stark then, in that then, movie is also a very big character in that movie. Yes. So it's like, is. I don't, I can't think off the top of my head any moments where, oh, there's a character we know in a thing that we're watching that has nothing to do with that character, but boom, there they are. And there's been significant growth since the last time we saw them. Yeah. Well, see, um, here's the thing, though. In terms of the cameos, the reason why I love them personally is because you get that connectivity with the MCU. Yes. Like, yes, for sure, these all exist in the same universe. Yeah right and they fit too like yes. that's that's the other thing like they're not just thrown in there like all willy-nilly like yeah like it doesn't really fit with the story we're just gonna throw them in there but and, they the one in ant-man like can feel like that i think if you're not thinking about but the fact that he is there like on a mission yeah. really brings it back into the into the plot and they, they fit more in the story. They give it this kind of scary vibe because when he arrives there, he's tic tac size. Um, <laughs> and then you see the giant shadow along with the scream of, I don't know if that's the wind that's being cut by the wings or if it's the thruster on the backpack, but yeah. the sound that Falcon makes when he screams over overhead. It starts with that and the shadow mm -hmm. on the ground. And Ant-Man, little tiny-ass Ant-Man's like, oh, that was kind of scary. <laughs> and then you realize it's the Falcon, and they have this very awkward two heroes meeting for the first time moment, which I love when they do that, which starts I with, love hi, I'm Scott. Did he just say hi? My name's Scott. <laughs> I love the fact that I think he says flat out, like, don't worry, he's not going to see me or something like that. <laughs> And then, of course, Falcon's got like some super tech in his goggles, and he pinpoints like oh, he pinpoints Ant Man right away. He's like, <laughs> uh, yes, I just love that. I love that. Like that's that's next level thinking. It's why Falcon is my favorite because he says things like that, and that's not a funny line in and of itself, but just the yeah. timing of it, everything. Oh, don't worry, he can't see me. You know, I can see you, right? It's so great. <laughs> They have this really cool fight where clearly Ant-Man has to win or yes. he at least has to be successful in his mission. Falcon is fine because he's, at this point, we haven't seen Civil War. He's mm -hmm. newly an Avenger, um, you know, given the last moment of Age of Ultron. Yeah. Uh, and he's the guy, I guess we can assume maybe the Avengers are out doing stuff. And he's the guy who's kind of like tasked with like hanging back. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 yes, but it was a good fight. If you're a Falcon fan, it was a good fight. If you're an Ant-Man fan, it was a good fight. Yeah. It ended the way it needed to <laughs> with the final punch of it's very important to me that Cap never find out about this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That Favorite was a cameo. great fight. That was a great fight. Great fight, favorite cameo, all that crap. I'd um, say it's probably my favorite too, just because it's so well put into like 
the, the actual story, the actual plot. Yes. Like it's very woven in there in a great way. And there's a lot of comedic aspects to that fight. Yes. That was really hilarious. And also in my own personal quest, I love that this movie gives the Falcon love because when he first sees the Falcon, he goes, it's the Falcon. He says his <laughs> name. So, okay. Obviously the Falcon is famous at this point yes. as an Avenger. Um, there's a part in, in Luis's second, uh, you know, telephone story thing where this guy tells this guy and then this girl yeah. calls him a badass. This dude is a badass talking about Falcon. I'm like, yo, Luis, first person to call Falcon a badass in the MCU. Love you, bro. Um, so back to the story. It's time to expand our crew. We need more people to pull off the job that we're going to pull off. So bring back Dave, Kurt, and Luis. Um, how do you feel about this? This the meeting of Scott Lang's two worlds coming together to pull off an Ocean's Eleven. Well done. I like I like a good heist story. Yeah, and I loved the one in Ant Man. It was (laughs) it was really good. It was really good. And compounded um, by this is the fact that they're not successful. They are. I don't know why. Darren Crosses catches them right at the end. Yeah, like he's he's expecting them. And I don't and, know why. I just really thought like that twist where, you know, you obviously think it's gonna, it might fail, like obviously, but yeah. the fact that he was just like, no, you, it was like doomed to fail from the yeah. very beginning. Cause he knew. I just really like that. That hope was working with Hank. Cause yeah. we, we, and we have not even touched on the bad guy in this movie because again, this is one of those movies where it felt like the bad guy was an afterthought. Yes, the evil mirror version yes. of Hank Pym, also the evil mirror version of Scott Lang, same little powers, yep. uh, mustache twirly bad guy with no facial hair, um, <laughs> has you know beef with Hank Pym because yeah. he used to be his protege, but he felt Hank Pym was hiding things from him as far as Ant Man and the actual yeah. uh, Pym particle, and he's hell bent on getting rich, having the strongest weapon in the world. Dope line. Very, what very do you call, basic. What do you very call basic the, motivations. He says, what do you call the only man who can arm the most dangerous weapon on earth? Or something like that? And it's like the most powerful man on earth. So I, I, I paraphrase, but very basic. Yeah. Um, and Which, he, he, I mean, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it there's enough here to digest. Enough. As an audience. Yeah, it works enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who plays Dan Cross. I, I mean, oh, it's the dude from the guys strain. Familiar? Oh, the main guy. The strain. You didn't watch the strain, Rustin. Nah. That it's like right up your alley, bro. At least for the first like, season or so. Because I, I kind of lost like it after that. First two, maybe three episodes, and wasn't interested. Kind of just dipped out on that one. Okay. Well, but, that's that's where I know that guy from. He's he's good in the role. I mean, he yeah. he has this weird like villain aspect. You know, you know the kind where he's yes. like all cheerful and like smug about himself, like confident, yeah. and, like knows he's gonna win kind of attitude. Yes. Like kind of rubs it in everyone's face. Really unlikable guy. So he does a really good good job of playing that. The kind of guy that you want to see him lose. Yes, um, and all of also this- he was. 
really cool as Yellow Jack. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, he, this all kind of escalates into a, a sequence that goes from the bad guy monologuing to mm-hmm. a little quick little scuffle where he does some cool shrinking in the middle of a fight, growing when he needs to. Uh, we get to see Hope in action a little bit. Hank Pym actually throws a couple hits, gets shot. Um, and then the bad guy gets away with the Pym particle or whatever he needs. Um, and the yellow jacket suit. And the yellow jacket suit. We go from there to being in the helicopter where they have a mm-hmm. cool fight in a tiny briefcase. This is the thing that this movie does so well, is giving you these big epic action yeah. moments. And then for comedic effects, zooming out and showing you that it's just like, patink. Like the, it's it's the tiniest actions, right? I love that. Patink. It's all patink. Uh, it's so fucking it, true. It, they do it very well. I got, if there's like a single person that thought that up, like give them a raise because that was like definitely <laughs> the highlight of that movie. You and see they, it, you they see did it, it so times. much, but it never got old. No, I never got tired of that. It was yeah. hilarious. It worked really well. Um, so, you know, we kind of build in that. Obviously, good guy wins, bad guy dies. Um, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of effect in the overall universe. Mm-hmm. But we get that, you know, we get all the resolution moments that Scott gets to be with his daughter and that, um, you yeah. know, things are all good here. And he's actually, I love that he's sitting down eating dinner with his wife's new family with his wife, his yeah. daughter, and her new husband, yeah. and that they're all kind of on the same page here. Um, you know, they they actually blew up the lab as they were escaping in the helicopter, as the bad guy was escaping the helicopter. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, this wasn't about chasing you. And then oh. the lab blows up. So it implodes, I think, actually, doesn't it? It does implode. It explodes, and then it kind of... Yeah. yeah. Dude. And they were doing that on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are crazy. That's I you no. know, I'm sorry. I I kind of dipped out on that. <laughs> I didn't I did. dip out until after space. When they went uh, to space and then came back, I was like, I think. Oh I'm wait, done. no. I was thought I was talking about. I was thinking of Agent Carter. My bad. Agent Carter I is where I actually watch all of Agents of Shield. But yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Agent Carter is where the implosion happened. I said Agents of Shield. I meant Agent Carter, and then we'd start talking about that. But yes, that's where the other place where I saw implosions. It was on Agent Carter. Um, so yeah, this movie wraps up nice and neat. It's kind of yes, like it a does. story that just kind of fits on its own. But then we, we give you that, uh, oh, this badass dude that was looking for this guy. And he said, I'm looking for a guy who shrinks. And he's like, oh, yeah. What did you tell him? And then we get this dramatic pause on Luis's face. I told him yes. And then the movie just ends. <laughs> In the credits is like yes bro then of course in credit scene hope gets the wasp you know yeah prototype yeah yeah making you a suit too um and which leads to one of my favorite lines ever it's like oh did you just think of the wings now <laughs> it's like no i've always had the wings she has blasters too oh man <laughs> And then, of course, I, uh, okay. just just a note. I also did love and and then in the Wasp. That's, hmm. that's another likewise one. another great comedy from Marvel. Um, 
And then, you know, in retrospect, I don't like this as much, but I guess at the time it was great. The second, uh, you know, end credit scene was a scene from uh, Civil War where Sam and Bucky, or where Sam and Steve have Bucky's arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he, I know someone, I know a guy. It's like, oh, cool. Ant-Man is going to be a part of the next story. Yeah. Before we jump to uh, Doctor Strange, random fact. Don't know if you knew this. So in the scene where he first becomes the little Ant-Man and he's running around Mm -hmm. and he ends up getting launched out of a window or something and he lands on the car. And makes a tiny little dent. Yes. And there's a dude inside the car. Say. I know what you're going to say. And I did know this. But go ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish. Okay. So for those who don't know, in Sat- on Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. I, I want to say the first token black guy on the cast was the gentleman sitting in this car, Garrett Morris. Yes. And there's a skit in which Superman and Lois are throwing a party at their apartment. Yeah. And all the characters are coming over and they have all these jokes about, you know, Flash being really fast and Superman can see through things. So he's always spoiling surprises and stuff. Then as more heroes start to come through, we're crossing the Marvel DC lines now. It doesn't matter. Hulk comes in. Let's make some jokes about him smashing his girlfriend and leaving her with crutches and bandages and all this stuff. And then Ant-Man walks in and Ant-Man is Garrett Morris, the gentleman who's sitting in this car. And the entire, oh shit, the entire run of the jokes about Ant-Man are all factual things about Ant-Man. There almost is no joke. It's just like you just shrink like to the size of ants. He's like, yeah, but I retain my same strength as a regular size guy. He's like, so you have the strength of a regular man? He's like, yeah. And then they're just like busting his balls. It's like, wow, that sucks. Uh, so cut to, yeah. Let's get Garrett Morris and let's put him in the Ant Man suit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I believe that is the very first time we ever see Ant Man in a live action role. Really? That yep. SNL? I mean, that was like seven early seventies, right? Yeah, or it was late seventies. Yeah, didn't know that. That's, That's the very cool. first live action iteration of Ant Man. Wow! In an SNL sketch. Nice man. Um, I've got nothing else to say about Ant Man. I loved it. Um, it's it's easily one of my top favorite movies i i loved it man i will go on record saying that when i first heard him man was being like in the works to be made i was like why the hell are they doing it man is this gonna ruin i yeah i kind of asked myself that question with a lot of their decisions but the great thing about the mcu is they pulled it off almost every single time and even if it's like not literally. great, it's going to be good enough. <clears throat> if you don't like Captain Marvel, uh, that's fine. But when Captain Marvel shows up at yeah. the end of Endgame, you're going to yeah. be like, yeah! So, <laughs> Go Captain Marvel! Exactly. No, dude, seriously. Like, Ant-Man was the dark horse. The one I was like, why are they even making an Ant-Man movie? Yeah. Nobody really cares about Ant-Man. And then I watched it and it was like, Okay, Ant-Man's like one of my favorite superheroes. Yes. Like that was one of the best movies I've ever yeah. seen in my life. He definitely had a Star Lord effect of like, oh my gosh, yeah, I love this guy. <laughs> um, oh, so, that probably would not have been the case if Paul Rudd hadn't 
played. Can't oh, for sure. And I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. Yeah. There's a moment on uh, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, where uh, Paul Rudd plays the grown-up version of the little kid that Jamie Lee Curtis was babysitting on the first Halloween. And there's a moment where Michael Myers is coming at him and he's trying to bust the lock off of his door or the handle off of his door with a fire extinguisher and it's not happening. And Michael Myers is getting closer and closer with his serial killer walking pace. And Paul Rudd hits the thing and then stops and looks at Michael Myers and then gives him a Paul Rudd kind of, what are you going to do, smile. And then continues hitting the thing. And I was like, I don't know if that moment was scripted, but it was perfect. It was the perfect kind of moment. It was nice. like, oh, yes, that guy's gold. Um, so I guess transitioning to Doctor Strange. This is another, another dark one. Horse. Yep, yes. another dark horse. Another one that I was worried might ruin things. Yeah, I can easily see why you would think that. Also, I wasn't I wasn't super thrilled that Benedict Cumberbatch was cast as Doctor Strange. I wasn't on board with that in the beginning. Yeah. I just want that. Yeah, A particular reason that. or just were you not familiar with Benedict Cumberbatch? I, I knew who he was. I just didn't feel like he fit Doctor yeah. Strange. I obviously don't think that anymore. Yeah. Especially after watching the first one. But yeah, at the time I was like, ah, oh, that guy does not look like Doctor Strange to me. Yeah. It's mostly a physical like appearance. And he definitely, like most Marvel castings, has a very specific, distinguishable face. Yeah. Like, if you saw Benedict Cumberbatch somewhere, didn't know who he was, and then you saw him again later in the same day at a different place, you'd be like, oh, that's that guy I saw earlier at the, wherever I saw him. Very distinguishable. Very <laughs> this has nothing to do with the Doctor Strange movie, by the way. Um, this movie, I'll, I'll give credits right off the bat, written by Josh Spates. It was a weird spelling. I'm going to assume it's Spates. Uh, noticeable things are or notable things on his IMDb. Dune is a writer. Uh, Wait, which Dune? The newest the current one. one. Yes. Uh, not not super thrilled to hear that. Although the visual aesthetics for that movie were spectacular. I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Not to as a reflection of the movie. I just I, it wasn't a good time to start watching Dune, and I didn't make. It. I can see that. Yeah, I can um, see that. And Prometheus is another one on his, uh, his... Yeah, I didn't see that movie, so I can't really comment <laughs> on that. Yeah, that doesn't do a lot for me. Um, I mean, okay. as far as the, the credits of this guy here, um, and, and nothing against that guy. Um, the next one, C. Robert Cargill, who his credits are... He was a writer for Sinister 1 and 2. Um, Sinister was a horror movie that my daughter made me watch. And it was the movie that made me realize during quarantine, I don't need to watch depressing things. Maybe not the best <laughs> okay. thing to do during quarantine. I have no out. idea what that is. So um, again, can't really comment on that. Yeah. And then he, he did another movie that's either out or it's coming out soon called The Black Phone, which I totally want to see. Um, <sighs> okay. He's, he wrote or he's a writer. Wrote I think he's a writer. writer. It's credited as written by. Um, really? Also, okay. So. Dude, I've heard that movie has like 100% Rotten, Rotten Tomato right now, currently. It looks dumb. Like it's supposed I, to be, yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. 
I saw a trailer once and I was like, oh, I want to see that. And I don't want to see any more trailers for it. Um, also, fucking terrifying. It's a terrifying uh, mess. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. And there's like multiple the ones too. Nice. It, it, it does look really good. So, I, yeah. I mean, it's a very promising looking movie. Uh, and uh, Last Writer is also the director, Scott Derrickson. Um, I didn't look his writing credits up, but his directing credits he did a hellraiser movie in 2000 uh, he did uh the exorcism of emily rose which i love i like that movie. Uh, it, it, i think that it one was, was the one that good, actually. it kind of had the question mark quality like was it yeah, that, was it a stigmata or was uh, it uh, okay i got it you know, so like uh, put her hands on the fence and and stabbed through her hands on the barbed wire did she yeah. really get possessed or was it just a, and it's kind of a back and forth it was kind of cool um also he did uh let me see scott derrickson uh the day the earth stood still haven't seen it Uh, Uh, not sinister not the greatest yeah he also did sinister with the other guy c robert cargill right he also directed black phone oh really okay so he's a director for black phone and the other guy was like a writer for it yeah so these two guys uh I guess they found their uh, their chemistry working together. Um, That's cool. So That's cool. This movie, kind of before we know where we are in relation to anything, starts with action. Um, Casilius mm-hmm. yeah. who is one of those villains that I just call him by the actor's name because I know Mads Nicholson and I forget Casilius. I didn't uh, even realize that was Mads Nicholson. Yeah. Wait. Also, just throw this out there. It was Mads Nicholson. No, I think it is. I think you're right. And just throwing this out there, not a super great performance as Grindelwald in Dumbledore, or Secrets of Dumbledore. Just saying. Personally. Uh, never seen it. Not really my world of stuff. That's totally my world. And yeah. <laughs> well, see, Johnny, Johnny Depp was the original Grindelwald. And oh, he did this is a the great one. job. So that dude had like some huge like shoes to fill and yeah. he just fell flat for me. That sucks. Didn't work. Didn't like it. I mean, that's but that's that's just a little side note, little tangent. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so we get this really cool like reality bending action sequence with almost mm-hmm. no context. Yeah. Um, and now we are, we still don't know. With Stephen Strange, I don't really know where the beginning of his story falls. We do know that the Avengers exist. When yeah. by the time he meets Wong, because Wong yeah. tells him that you know the Avengers protect from physical threats, but at the beginning of Doctor Strange's story, don't know where we are. Um, just that Stephen Strange is the perfect narcissist who kind of lives mm. in his yeah. own world. Oh yeah, dude, one hundred percent. So it's actually, the... <clears throat> his okay. biggest weakness, definitely his big biggest weakness, yes. and you see that progress into something way worse. As the movie goes on, yes, and that actually, he actually has into to... the sequel, into Multiverse of Madness, it's still kind of oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's still in there. But <laughs> I think in in like probably the second half of the movie, you see him kind of like that's that's something that he also has to overcome. Yes, which actually <laughs> is in this is in Multiverse of Madness as well. You yeah. see him have to struggle with that there too. But you see it in this movie as well. I think the 
but the fact that we don't know really where this takes place in the beginning, um, it kind of helps the idea that he is just this guy who's everything is about him. Um, and so I've got, you know, for skills that he possessed before he becomes who he becomes. He's a multitasker. Yeah, he's a a multitasker, right? He's a, you know, he could perform a surgery while listening to this music, almost performing for all the people behind the glass. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like the way you said that. And that's so true. (laughs) He's a, thank you. He's also um, being quizzed by the dude who's controlling the iPod. First of all, there's a guy controlling the iPod in the surgery room who says, (laughs) okay, how about this one? Puts on a song. Dr. Strange tells him the date it came out. The guy's like, no, 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 it's 1978. And Dr. Strange says, no, 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 no. It hit the charts in 78. It was released in December of 77. It's like, wow, done with the surgery, right? So this is Stephen Strange at the beginning. He's an asshole. Very good at telling you he's better than you without saying it. Oh yeah, see that's a good that's a good note because that's essentially what I was gonna say. Like this dude rubs it in your face, straight in your face, like as hard as he can that he's better than you. Yeah, and we'll do it constantly. Like I don't know how anyone can put up with that dude. Like in if kind I kind of a charming if way. I knew that dude. Nah, I wouldn't say charming. Yeah, I think he was charming. I wouldn't say charming. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, if you're a side character in the Stephen so. Strange backstory, <laughs> sucks for yeah. you, dude. Exactly. Yeah. Like if that was me, and I knew Stephen Strange, and like someone asked me about Stephen Strange, I'd be like, "Yeah, uh, that dude's an asshole. That He's a cocky narcissist motherfucker. Like, don't. Like, I yeah. recommend stay the fuck away from that guy. Yeah. Like, he's just but gonna if you make need a surgery. Terrible. He's the one to call. Yeah." But other like than if that, you, yeah. if you got a bullet in okay. your head, yeah, go to him. But exactly. other than that, just yeah, he's just gonna make you feel terrible about yourself. And I guess you know what? Maybe he was charming with Christine, in the sense that yeah, but that's still kind of an asshole her. to her. Yeah, a little bit, but she's charmed by it. But I mean, I guess like, because they have a history. Yeah, there were romantic strings attached to that whole relationship. So yeah, he's a little bit different with, with Christine. Okay, let me put it to you this way. Remember the dude that refused to cert- like perform the surgery to get the yes. bullet out? Yes. Imagine you're that guy. Oh, yeah. You said you can't do it because it can't you'll be most done. likely can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say it can't be done because the patient will like Just die doing your job, bro. Whatever. Just doing your job. Yeah. And then this <clears throat> motherfucker comes in and fucking does it like with no trouble whatsoever, not yeah. even like a like a beep beep. Burr, nope. like oh no, we're nothing. losing. No, no. Yeah, no, we got none it. of that shit. I think like, the worst. Imagine you're that guy. The most like, tense how do you moment. Feel about Doctor Strange. Oh dad? no, screw Doctor Strange. He has a stupid name, anyways. <laughs> so yeah, for real, he's, for real. As as set up for a character who's going to be one of the most powerful characters in the universe. He's yeah. already thinking very highly of himself. Oh, yeah, um, for sure, dude, for sure. I, I do have a question, and this was kind of going to be saved for the end part and the random stuff, but it's more of a question than a fact. So okay. when he's in the car speeding across the mountain or whatever, he's... Which is a dumb thing to do. Very Dr. dumb. Strange. 
But if you notice, his skills of multitasking are very dope. He's sitting there screening the calls. Nah, not that one. That one's too easy. Not at that one. That mm. one, what are you trying to get my uh, my perfect record here messed up? Um, and the guy gets into an accident after dodging so many things by looking down at a screen, being like, huh? And then just barely sideswiping a car that he was trying to pass. It wasn't like he came around the corner and there was yeah. a truck there. yeah. It was a car he was already trying to pass. Looks down, sees the thing. Oh, no. Bump. Spins off the road. Can, <laughs> we, can we pause for like 10 seconds? Like literally oh, pause? Like, I got to fit. Okay. Yeah, go for it, bro. Hold on. And back in. Cool. Oh. Start. Um, so accident. Before accident. this gotta jump back dr strange's hands are so important in this movie he's introduced literally with like six shots of his hands before you even see the face of dr strange you see his hands about six times yeah washed in the water and all the all the way up to the elbow the way they do um so in this accident they managed to give us one moment where it's like the airbag kind of doesn't do what it's supposed to and his hands end up getting crushed by the car hitting it just the car hits something and the dashboard kind of crushes over his hands and um it kind of takes away the thing that he credits most of his abilities to yeah um puts him in the lowest point and now he's an asshole with like none of the charm like nothing (laughs) everything Even when Christine comes. Yeah, he's, just, he's just a dickhead now. Yes. And he hits her with the cruelest truth of like, oh, are you just happy because you're able to care for me now? Because I'm finally under you. I'm finally beneath you. I'm finally somebody yep. for you to pity. Like, oh, insulting. But also like so unnecessary. Uh, he's definitely at the bottom of his whatever he's yep. at. Um, the, there's a I mean, moment. Go ahead. Again, I want to. I want to. Yeah, I mean, it's a very sympathetic story. Yes. Is it a good story? Eh, All right. You know, it's a it's right. it's a story that you kind of see coming. I mean, yeah. even if you don't know much about Doctor Strange, don't know really his backstory, which I didn't at the time. Like, yeah. I knew the particular, I know he gets his hands crushed. Surgeon, hands. Yeah. Magic. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. Yes. But, I mean, it's not terrible. Yeah. I, I actually enjoyed Doctor Strange, don't get me wrong. Like, But when you pick apart the actual story, it's very predictable. Yes. We're taking very broad, very uh, yeah. easy steps, right? Which there is was a line. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Different. It's very different from my my whole like tropes are okay kind of thing. Yeah. Being predictable is not necessarily a good thing. No. But um, feel- it's not necessarily <clears throat> a bad thing either. At the it's same not. Point, so. And it's I think- like, depends <clears throat> on how you play it. For the same reason that Ant-Man's usage of tropes was fine, I felt the same way about Doctor Strange. Yeah. I almost had identical 
uh, feelings where it's like, I don't want to see this. I want to see the next one. Yeah. The people teaming up. I don't care about this new origin story about a guy I don't know whose very existence <laughs> is going to change the way I feel about the entire universe. Like, I don't want to see it. And yeah. as I'm watching it, I am so blown away by the fact that we're seeing things we've never seen before. <laughs> Maybe yeah. some of it we saw in Inception, but most of it is stuff we've never seen before. So all yeah, of the like really, yeah, really cool stuff. Yeah, really cool visuals, aesthetics. Like, yes. I think that was probably the thing that kind of elevates it more than it probably would have if it didn't have any of that stuff. Yes. Um, and uh, there's a part, and and before I get to this, the thing I was going to ask you in the car or about the car ride was he gets a call on the phone where the guy says, I have a 35-year-old Air Force colonel mm-hmm. who injured his spine in a experimental armored suit. I mean, I can't, I can't really confirm that Rhodey is 35, but... Oh, here's the thing about that. That feels and like I Civil War reference, right? I mean, he's a lieutenant colonel. That's what everyone says. Yeah. And it's quite possible they could be talking about Rhodey don't get me wrong I've heard that's I not true I, I, I don't know it, it hasn't been confirmed either way I think as far as I know some people think you remember in Iron Man 2 2 the guy yes. who got crushed in the Justin SMC, Hammer's thing they, yeah it spun around yeah that's what I've heard yeah, too some people some people think it's that guy like it's that guy that uh, he was talking about so who it knows I'm not sure if it's been confirmed it just felt so specific that it's like that has to be something. It's yeah. not just. Um, there was another one, um, and I don't know who this is. Maybe you can help me. He said there is a. I don't remember the age of the woman, but there is a young woman, I think twenty-two, who has an a magnetic chip in her head to control schizophrenia, but then she, she got struck by lightning. That's literally what the dude said on the phone. And Dr. Strange goes, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I think that's the one that he sent over the imagery for that Strange was looking at right. when he got into the accident. Right. Who is that? Somewhere. Okay, that there's sounds somebody... like somebody's origin story right there. Exactly, right? Somewhere <laughs> there's somebody listening to this, screaming at us saying, you idiot, it's so-and-so. I have no idea. I didn't do I've any research. I've never heard anybody. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say who that was. Yeah, as far as weird. I know, was and weird. Most people. That's how I. That's how I knew knew that about the guy that got crushed in the excess suit from Iron Man yes. Two. Because I've heard other people talk about it. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. not Rhodey. It's this guy. And I'm like, no. oh, okay, that's a cool theory. Yeah. Like, I didn't. Even, I didn't even think about that guy. I didn't care yeah. about him, to be honest. Which, if he was a real human being, I'd feel like crap. But. Yeah. Or if it was Rhodey, it would be like, oh, connectivity. That's cool. Yeah. Um, But anyhow, uh, so. I wonder if that is somebody now with the magnetic chip. Who is that? We're going to look it up. We're going to find out. Um, Ah, Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So you've got an asshole with no charm or charisma. He's pushed everyone away. And Mm -hmm. during a physical therapy session, the therapist that Dr. Strange, uh, she refers to him as bachelor's degree. <laughs> like in a condescending, like, okay, bachelor's degree, why don't you tell me 
how many cases have you seen yeah. this bad of a nerve damage? And that guy tells him the story of Benjamin Bratt. And uh, Dr. Strange goes and watches Benjamin Bratt, who should be wheelchair paralyzed, paraplegic, yes. yeah, playing basketball, schooling folks. He got his basketball skills from the Catwoman movie. He's using them in Dr. Strange and killing it, right? <laughs> Dr. Strange says, hey, how'd you do this? What's, you know, I'm a guy. Oh, yeah, I remember you. I showed up in your office and you turned me away. Uh, mm -hmm. But he says, you know, I'm a man looking for my own miracle. Um, and that guy leads him to Camartage? Camartage. And I, I only know that because I think that's what Wong says in... Multiverse. multiverse which they say it in this movie too obviously but yeah that's the the one i remember the most because it was more frequent or more recent you know, not more frequent um mordo kind of following yep. him following him we learned that he sold everything he has lost all of his money trying to find yep. the answer for this um ends up there with you know nothing oh no no I mean, he's, he gets saved because he gets it's jacked first. Some people want to take. Yeah, his he watch. does get jacked, and they'll and watch the up. last watch he has, which yeah. is the Christina watch. Yeah, and he the got one that he was in the accident. Yep. Um, so we see. I think that's when we first see Mordo, and yes, Mordo shows up like Batman, whoops ass, gives him his watch back, says, "This is the door you're looking for." Um, kind of schools him like, "Yeah, I was like you. I was real disrespectful. You might want to cut that shit out." Um, so we go into where the anchored one I'm is. So, I was so deadpan serious, dude. I was, <laughs> Knock that shit off, like, bro. Like, what's it out <laughs> Um, so we we get uh to meet the ancient one. They do the whole fake out where there's the little Asian yeah. guy sitting there. It's like, oh, the ancient one. No, it's this bald lady over here. Um, I know they got some black for that but hey, that's whatever man we're talking about uh, see be, well because I, they whitewashed the, the role which is something hollywood does that i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not cool with but i mean tilda swenson did an amazing job as the ancient one man like so i think the fact yeah. that it was tilda swindon is the thing that's like is it swindon i think i said swenson i don't know Swinton, but I, I know I like that lady every time I see her. Yeah, she's really um, good. And she's really good at making bizarre crap seem real. Or like <laughs> seem that it's real for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no sense of like winking at the camera with this woman. Oh, um, dude, that's, yeah, that's so true too. Like I totally, I totally get what you're saying. She's in it all the way, right? Yeah, for real, man. So I think one of my favorite lines from that character is, you're about five years too early for him. Ah, yes. When Banner like, oh, shows up. So she fucking knew the whole time, yeah. man. She knew it. She was watching him come. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so the action in this movie is kind of weird because a lot of it is just like trippy, psychedelic fractals yeah. and things spinning, but also there's a surprising amount of kung fu in this movie yeah that's true it's like i mean you can put little magic things around it but that's mm -hmm. kung fu if i've ever seen it 
Um, which I love. I love. I love kung fu. I love kung fu, love kung fu movies, man. They're yes. so great. They're the best. And, and one thing that I like about this movie is the entire middle chunk of this movie feels like one big training montage. Mm-hmm. Fucking like I said, man. <laughs> big big training, fan training montage. Yes. Oh, so so do I, man. See, that's an acceptable trope right there. Yes. It's, Especially it's if you do one. it really well. It doesn't matter if it's a movie about spelling bees. It doesn't matter if it's about <laughs> yeah. archery. If it's about Sam learning how to use Shit, the shield. Real, it doesn't matter. Training montage. Love is it. Dope. Um, by the end of this training montage, we get Strange um, learning how to control time with the apple on the table. Yeah. Bite, 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 bite. And then it's rotting. Turn it back. And then it's a full apple. And with that, he goes to the book that has pages missing because Cassilius has stolen these pages mm-hmm. in the opening sequence, which, by the way, was a dude being beheaded. I don't know if you remember uh, that. I do remember the opening that. sequence of this movie was a dude being beheaded. Um, so he <laughs> so reverses dark, time. It's a bit dark for the MCU. It but was dark. And I works. believe Scott Derrickson wanted it to be a horror movie. And I heard somewhere along the lines they brought in other writers, like I think Dan Harmon from Community was brought in to kind of punch it up and give it the old Marvel comedy injection. Yeah. Um, but I think Scott Derrickson, and looking at his resume, it sounds plausible. He wanted this to be a horror movie. Um, I can see how you would get horror, but they, if they wanted it to be a horror movie, they did not do a good job of that. Oh, no, no. I think they intentionally made it not a horror movie. No. Um, they seem to want to do that a lot with Doctor Strange movies, man. I think they got really close in this last one and multiverse. Um, they did, but the original script for, or the original concept, not really, I don't think it ever got to a script stage, was so much better, dude. Really? Like, I read well, a thorough, thorough break like breakdown of like what they were trying to do the original like when they had nightmare as the villain oh oh dude Dude. it would have been so much better you're gonna have to tell me uh well i'll just look that up on my own but uh i do have thoughts about that movie now that i've rewatched it and i've actually rewatched it twice but we'll get there when we get there yeah yeah yeah. well we'll we'll save all that for when we do Multiverse so, of Madness in its actual time slot. Oh, yeah. Our future variants. Oh, yeah. Um, so after Strange controls time, he applies it to the book. He reads the missing pages. And then he That's starts really smart. opening a portal. And then uh, Mordo and, and, and Wong come in. And what the hell are you doing? You can't do that. Just, ah, they should really put the warning before the spells. Um, <laughs> great deadpan, right? Uh, he He... He, um, you know, then we get the information dump where they kind of bring him in. They say there's three sanctums: there's Hong Kong, yeah. there's London, there's New York. And as they're kind of explaining things to him and who Dormammu is and how do you know the name Dormammu and all this crap, mm-hmm. the London Gate explodes and a dude falls out of it. And Mads Nicholson shows up with his crew, who has Scott Adkins in it. And I don't know if you know this guy, but he's like a badass martial artist that is more of like this, this era. Yeah, his name sounds familiar, but I don't think I'm familiar with most of his work. He's a stuntman in a lot of things that you've seen. I believe he was Deadpool in X-Men after the Ryan Reynolds mouth removal. I think. I think that was it. 
Um, but he's been in a lot of stuff. I think he's in some of the Expendables, one of the Expendables movies. And he's got like this career that's a very like reminiscent of Cynthia Rothrock in the 80s. Oh my God, dude. Don I know Chinese. exactly what you're dude. talking about. Ah, your face lit she's up. And I was kicks. like, he knows exactly yeah. what I'm talking about, bro. Dude, she used to kick so much fucking ass back in the day. Really did. Um, watch the, there's a scene from, I think it's Hello Madam with Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock are just kicking ass in this movie. Anyhow, Scott Derrickson, he kind of, or not Scott Derrickson, Scott Adkins kind of feels like a modern version of that, where he's probably okay. a hardcore gotcha. fan. So that dude shows up with uh, Mads Nicholson. They start whooping ass. Um, Strange escapes, ends up in London. Or not London, right. ends up in New York. Right. Um, and then they get attacked again. More ass whooping, more magic. This sequence kind of reminds me of when, like, uh, if you're playing a video game and you're like on level three and you've got like three or four moves that are very effective and you've learned when to use them and when not. <laughs> yeah. But by stage seven, you. you realize there's so many other moves that I don't know, but I got really good with the three moves. That's what this sequence reminds me of because Dr. Strange has got the little magic whip and he's yeah. got that door where he can turn it and then it's like a completely different scene we're in the desert we're in the forest yeah we're a yeah. waterfall which is cool and like really he doesn't have much else some shields maybe and the cloak of levitation at this point well he gets the cloak of levitation as he's you know narrowly escaping death oh, he, yeah with his right. magical whip and his level two weapons that he has and then he gets the level up with the magic yeah cape. Um, how do you that feel? Strangled somebody, didn't it? <laughs> Beat the crap out of Scott Adkins. Strangled him, that, slammed okay, him against yeah. the wall, slammed him against the door. Against <laughs> the <wall. Dude. clears throat> that cake is a fucking trooper, man. It was so good. Um, and there's a moment that I missed <laughs> when I watch in the theater. It was after the ancient one. You know what? I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> so. Uh, gets that, the was a, that was a dope fight scene, though. Like, it was great. just in general. The it whole so New good. York Sanctum fight scene was really good. Yeah. I, I, definitely, I definitely appreciate a good like fight choreo. Yeah. It's just, if you can make it look so fluid, but at the same time, not like your two actors like fake punching each other. Like, yes. That, that's really well done. And there was a good combination of like action like like martial arts magic a guy who was yeah. better with his magic but a guy who was witty enough to survive and like almost like yeah. iron man fighting thor in the first avengers there's no way sure. he was going to win that fight but if he could survive long enough for the fight to end and I, mm -hmm. I think that's what we were seeing i love how the cape goes on him and he wants to grab the axe over there and the cape keeps pulling him back it's like, what are you doing? He's right there. We get the axe. He pulls him back. And then it ends up throwing that contraption that made him do a backwards robot and then put him in a position of submission. Oh, where yeah. They had this awkward conversation. That was, a really, that was a really cool, like, sequence. The way they yeah. did. <laughs> I like the backwards robot. So true. Uh, and then plants him in this position. It looks so uncomfortable. And... uh 
it as and that's where the scott dude comes in and they fight and strange gets stabbed in the fight and then uh, while the cape is beating the dude up strange makes a portal and ends up in christine's hospital and they're oh, reunited yeah. Yeah, yeah. and as she's working on still the same action sequence bro as yeah he's talking to her and telling her what's happening the guy getting his ass kicked by the cape realizes ah i'll just uh astral walk out of here then he jumps out follows strange into the hospital and they have an astral body fight while christine <laughs> is standing over his body trying to keep yeah. him alive she can see him though can't she she saw him when he comes out to her and speaks but then okay, when the so. fight is going on she doesn't really see, i don't th think she really sees it because she gets hit by them okay. and it's just kind of like a wave of nothing um like a ghost then, wave like yes. okay then she gets he he she does a defibrillator because something happens and he's choking him out or something i don't know his vitals are dropping oh yeah defibrillator and it gives steve this bolt of energy that launches this dude through the wall somewhere else and he's like yo do that one more time crank that shit up do it again she's like but you're <laughs> awake you're conscious i can't do it now he's like just do it then she does it and saves the day and he kills yeah. that thing and smart um, move so now we're back at sanctum sanctorum of new york and when she tells him well you know the dude who was guarding this thing is dead we kind of mm -hmm. need somebody to watch this one you want to be that guy um yeah but <laughs> but then uh you know that kind of starts the rift between he and baron mordo um uh, baron mordo yes it uh i i honestly this is a movie that i saw when it came out i saw it when i got it on blu-ray and i don't think i've watched it since i think i've seen it a couple times since i rewatched it today before we did this episode and it mm -hmm. was just so much better than I remember. Um, the, the whole like, uh, I don't know, the whole Bear Mordo thing, like, oh, you're using the magic the wrong way. Like, yeah. oh, it's not like, oh, it's going to be evil. Like, that's a dumb motivation to like just completely like walk out. Like, if he didn't use it that way, literally Dormammu would have won and the entire planet would have been like, Kablooey. Like, what was he supposed to do? Well, I think um, Mordo's, his, his, his intent changes when Stephen Strange reveals to the Ancient One and to Mordo, I know why you've been alive for so long. Mm. You've been drawing dark magic from the realm of Dormammu or from wherever, whatever dark realm to extend your life. Uh, yeah, the dark and dimension. Mordo, yeah, Mordo's yeah. like, what? What are you talking about? Like, she did what? Um, and then, okay, that one I can understand. It, it's kind of the start, off. right? Because yeah. all of that that happening, Stephen Strange becoming the the Sorcerer Supreme, or not Sorcerer Supreme, but the head of the Sanctum Sanctorum in New York. It all mm -hmm. kind of coincides with Mordo's structured belief kind of being shattered, where everything that he believed, he was kind of the mentor for Strange. Yeah. until that moment of like oh shit like everything i believe wasn't real um and there's a lie 
being the, the whole, Chuatel Ejiofor, and I can't believe we have not said his name till this point. Uh, he single-handedly was like the best bad guy in the Firefly mini universe. Um, he was the bad guy in Serenity. I the one remember. who killed people with a sword. And they were I like, he killed that one dude who left the message on the robot girl. And the robot girl tells Nathan Fillion in his voice, he killed me with a sword, Mal. How crazy is that? He killed me with a sword. And it's like, <laughs> that's not <laughs> talking about tonight. a world with like laser guns and space and all this crap. This fool came in with a sword. He's the best bad guy. If you don't remember this, I feel like you need to rewatch Serenity. I probably did, to be honest. Who, who was the guy? Who, who are you talking about, though? Like in Dr. Strange? Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is uh, Baron Mordo. Oh, okay. So that is Baron. All right. That's yes. who I thought you were talking about. Yes. Baron Mordo was the bad guy in Serenity. <clears throat> yeah, it's been a Dude. long time since I've seen that movie. I was going to say, you're looking at me so blank. Is that because you're trying to recall Serenity and you can't? I am. The only thing I can remember from Serenity is the girl that they find and the fact that somebody, don't remember who, some kind of government agency or something, like completely killed or let an entire world of people die or some some crap like that. And that's why they wanted her dead. And I think you should... should, uh, Think you should rewatch Serenity. It's good. Why is it called Firefly and Serenity? Is the name Serenity of the ship is Serenity, right? Is the name of the ship. I believe Firefly is a nickname that's given to those space cowboys or the type of ship mm-hmm. that they the type of ship okay. that's like a uh whatever you need it to be kind of ship. Can you do a run for me? Can you do a gotcha. Gotcha. thing for me? <clears throat> I think. Um so we get uh, the ancient one has her her death and stretches out that moment to where she can have a good conversation with Strange. And she sheds a little light on his character by saying that yeah. you are so good at what you do, not because you crave success, but because you fear failure. Um, thought that was Makes one sense. of those. Like, like, Makes oh, sense. Um, <clears throat> but then she dies, leaving the Sorcerer Supreme vacancy. Um, Strange has to convince Mordo, even though your whole belief structure has been shattered, I can't beat this guy without you. We jump portal to Hong Kong, and it's already mm-hmm. been destroyed. Uh, we're oh, too this late. is like really cool right here. Yes. Um, I just kind of got us into this scene. I didn't write a lot of notes about it, but we show up and we're too late, and now we have to spin back. I think. I think Wong is dead too. Yes, right? Wong is dead. Wong gets blown get up. Wong gets blown up too. And this is a part where, where I get a little like, okay, Mordo, like, yeah, I get it. You know, you have your principles or whatever when it comes to magic, and some things shouldn't be done. But like, literally, you would have lost if he hadn't used like the bad magic. Like, yeah, shut your face, shut your face, Mordo. <laughs> And clearly this guy is something more because they made comment to like, hey, you don't just get this good at sorcery because you have a photographic memory. Because that was strangest things. Like I have a photographic yeah. memory. Yeah. That's how I was able to get my PhD and my master's at the same time or something to that effect. 
Oh. I was like, oh, damn, that's cool. I wish. Dude, that's like a legitimate superhuman ability to have Word. is a photographic man. I wish I would have had that. Word. I would have been so useful. And so many of these characters have superhero traits before they even go through yeah. that thing. Um, that's a good point. That's a good point to bring up. So that was just one of the dopest, like, like I, you know, compiling our Marvel movie yeah. sequences. This is one of them. That points. was a good one. Oh, or, dude, the way they rewind the explosion yeah. is really, really awesome to watch. People are rolling and then yeah. jumping back onto their bikes and then riding them backwards as everything I think is going was, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was one guy that even got impaled and then de-impaled probably at some point by like a probably. metal pole. I thought I feel like Wong, I could I could be misremembering. Was Wong the one impaled or you said he exploded? I, think I don't he remember exploded. that. I think I was literally like cleaning when that happened. I could be I could be wrong, but I seem to remember that. But that but was that would have been cool to see. Time goes backwards and as yeah. it's happening, Mads Nicholson and his boys break out of it. So now we're fighting with magic and kung fu yep. as time is reversing and an explosion is unhappening. Which is really cool. So oh, there was some cool stuff that happened there because like some guy gets like sucked into a wall as, as it's like rebuilding itself. Oh yeah. That was really cool to watch. Like there's I don't know, that's a very unique thing to visualize it just strictly in your head. Yeah. before you actually create the scene like yes there's so many different details that you have to keep track of yeah not just going forward but going backwards as well like you have to do the exact same thing but literally reverse it but on top of that now we are adding like people that broke free of the time spell yeah. and are like fighting all at the same time like and the ah, stuff dude, that's rewinding that's so becomes obstacles within the yeah fight. yeah it's like Dude, this is I'm losing my mind right now. Um, that that had to have been so difficult to just keep a steady visualization of. Yeah, and if you if you notice, like almost every action sequence in this movie has several scenes of setup, because like in that fight where Strange was using his whip, it was like the only weapon that instinctively came out when Baron Morno was yeah. training him earlier. It was like the only yeah. thing that he pulled out right away. That little door thing, it showed you this. It's like, why are we looking at this door portal? He used it very effectively in that. Yeah, he did. Where he turned it to the desert. And then when they're upside down, <laughs> he kind of lets himself go and then kicks that girl through the thing and then turns it to where she's not like, oh my God, so good. Um, but all of the cool stuff is kind of has to be set up so that at least you get, okay, I see things are moving backwards. Yeah. That broke the spell and all oh, that's cool. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but earlier when I was talking about Stephen Strange's abilities that he had coming into the story, uh, one of the things I wrote, and I don't know if I said it, is he has the ability to be very annoying. <laughs> yeah. He's annoying That's to true. everyone. Everyone That's who's come true. across finds him annoying. And I find it funny that the way he wins this is by being annoying. Um, super annoying like annoying on a almost godly level yeah to a celestial or a cosmic or i don't know what he is but to something that is definitely bigger than we yeah. are uh to get like pissed and i didn't even realize it 
I just don't remember. But Doctor Strange says to him, I brought something from my world, which is the concept of time. And mm-hmm. you are now stuck in a time loop where this is always going to happen. And the guy explains, well, you're always going to suffer. And he's like, yes, but everyone else will survive. Everyone else gets to live. So he's yeah. kind of made that Iron Man sacrifice in the first movie. He was like, that's fine. Yeah. I'll sit here and keep on dying if it's going to save everyone else that I'm leaving behind. Oh, um, man. That was such a smart play to make, though. Yeah. With all like the things he, that were introduced. Yeah. And he didn't even know that was going to work. Yeah. Had no clue it was going to work. He might have been stuck in an endless time loop where he's just dying. Over and over like, again. In very creative ways, yeah. mind you. Oh, yeah. He Probably got... very, very painful ways, too. I think it might have uh, helped Dormammu more if he made the deaths slower. To where Stephen oh. Strange is like, hey, are you sure you want to keep doing this? Don't give time? Dormammu ideas, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that probably that probably would have been way more effective on Don Mama's part because I can die if it's quick over and over and over again. But if you make it like a slow, torturous death, screaming death. Oh, dude! Like I would, I would tap out. Like, okay, you know what? You can have her. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go do my own thing. Yeah. Dormammu was killing him with like cut you off mid sentence deaths. Dormammu, I have a. He's dead. Dormammu. Kill him slow. Dip him in boiling water. Bring him up. <laughs> I'm his comment. Dip him in boiling water again. Bring him up. Um, oh shit, dude! But that that yeah, I wouldn't have been able to handle that much pain. Yeah, all at once. Although I gotta admit, okay, so let's let's play devil's advocate here for a moment. Okay. Speaking from experience, pain is something that you do get used to. Yes. It sucks. It's horrible, but you do get used to it. So yes. I think given enough enough deaths, like slow deaths, he probably would have just probably been and able to stretch most a, of it off. He says a line there that's kind of telling, which is basically pain is an old friend of mine. All right. Uh, yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah. If you're about to go into an endless loop of that's death true. against yeah. some kind of you know deity or whatever he is. Telling him, yeah, man, I ain't no stranger to pain. That's cool. That's a good point. I totally good. forgot about it. He already, he already has his Lost own, everything. Yeah, he already has his own experiences with pain. So, so he, he, probably, he probably could have lasted a lot longer. Yeah. So he, over and over again, to save everyone, is willing to go through this. And Dormammu's like, you know what? Nah, I don't, I don't have time for this. Uh, I'll, I'll take it all back. <laughs> He's like, revoke. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll I'm already like, uh, Cassilius and whatever. We'll bring them all back. The one thing that was great is that Strange references, calls back the, uh, they should put the warning before the spell joke. Yeah. And Wong yeah. has like the most uncomfortable laugh, the loudest, boisterous laugh. And Strange is like, really? That's all right. All right. That's cool. <laughs> um, and then Mordo gives us that line again the bill comes due. Meaning, mm-hmm. you do some shit, it's going to come back to you. And as we familiarize ourselves with the multiple chapters of Doctor Strange, we see that that's almost always the case. If you do a thing, yeah. it's going to come back to you. Actually, now that you put it that way, it's like that in the comments, and it's definitely like that in Multiverse of Madness. Yes. 
because he has like from what i've heard anyways he is like corrupted himself so much that he has to eat like really like nasty shit like tentacles and crap and then you obviously see what happened to him when he got hold of the dark hold so that that left something yeah something that was the coolest sam raimi jump cut eel one last scare ending uh random thing the first trip he goes on the ancient one touches his forehead and says open your eye boom oh and he launches back and goes on this crazy psychedelic trip she said open your eyes and touched his forehead um so i don't really have much else to say about this movie it was a hit for me Yep, same here. Dark Horse, that turned out to be a lot better than I would have gave it credit for. Yeah, same. I will say, and if you guys had like listened to the previous like multiverse podcast that we did of our quote-unquote past variants, I definitely like the first movie better. Well, wait. They haven't heard that one yet. That, that comment makes no sense to them right now. Because that will that make one... sense to them because we're that. Wait, which one? Are... Wait, 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 wait. Wait, I have to pee. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Get it? There we go. So, when um, are we releasing that? The first multiverse episode. I thought they were going to be released together as one. Oh, really? Because I thought we were releasing that one after. Was it the Age of Ultron episode? I don't know when because we did that was... it. That's when we did it, though, right? That's when we recorded it? Yeah. My idea was that when we chronologically get to Multiverse of Madness, we would yeah. stitch that together with our more... Uh, gotcha. You know, we've, we've sat on it. We've rewatched yeah. it. We've absorbed it. We've dissected it. Put that side by side with our raw reaction of just having gotcha. seen it. Um, but yeah, man. Okay, I see. I see what you're saying. <clears throat> I, I just cut the... this whole part out. It's all good. <laughs> cool. Wait. Okay. So, and we're back. No, no. Um, the I felt like rewatching this movie after having seen the sequel, I kind of enjoyed it more. Mm-hmm. I, I can see why. Things that they reference. The first one is definitely better. Hands down, I like, don't know. I don't know. There were, like I said, there were aspects of Multiverse of Madness that I really enjoyed. Yeah, but for the most part, it was a crap. Mm, we can get into that. Yeah. I, uh, uh, yeah. Let's not. Let's not. We'll save it because I. I know you don't agree. I know you don't agree. I mean, I don't disagree, but I don't like fully agree. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. Uh, you know, and I don't disagree with you either. Like I can see your viewpoint, like for sure. Um, it's not like I I would compare it to X three, The Last Stand, because that's uh, a movie yeah. that the first time you watch it, it sucks. Yeah, they make so many bad choices. Um, it's just awful. But if you watch the movie again and you know all the bad choices they made. Yes. What you will notice yeah. is, dude, this movie has some sick ass action sequences. Like probably See, some of the a, best in the X Men universe. With the X Men, with X three, 
not necessarily all the X movies, but mostly just X three. Like there was a lot of like decisions I didn't agree with, and the biggest yeah. one, and the one that really kills the movie for me, is what they did with Juggernaut. Like I just felt like that was incredibly stupid. Yeah, that was also, just an incredibly stupid. Um, how stupid come thing that movie had Colossus and Juggernaut, and they didn't fight each other until Deadpool two? Like we have a movie that has Colossus and yeah. Juggernaut. And they don't even that Colossus was stupid too. That was a dumb Colossus. Hey, I've got an idea for future episodes. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, I might be down to not trail off and go into other things as we've kind of wrapped up our Doctor Strange talk. Um, But I'm totally writing those episode ideas down. Um, I like this movie. It's not one of my favorites. It's not one of my favorite ones. It's one of the weird ones that you can show and say, hey, this is not like the other ones. Yeah. And it really is a, it's, it's different in that it's, I think, the very first movie to bring in magic, like real magic. And to treat it as though it is magic. Yeah. Like it's not science disguising or disguised as magic, which that whole thing, like I can go into that because clearly, Loki and Frigga both use magic. Yeah, that's not science. That's like legitimate magic. So yeah. Thor was wrong when he said that. But I get where but he's it's a thing from. that can be practiced. It's a thing that can yes. be learned. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, but so the the end credits, we get a snippet from Thor Ragnarok, where Doctor yeah. Strange makes yeah. one of my, my favorite cameos. That was a good cameo. Yeah, I totally forgot like, about that when we were thinking of him. I totally forgot about that cameo dude, when we were yeah, trying to think was, of him before. Oh, I t- intentionally didn't say it because I was trying to think of cameos that happened before this one, before gotcha. the Falcon one. Um, but yeah, Doctor Strange and Ragnarok <laughs> is one of my favorite cameos. Oh, um, when, he, when he's bringing Mjolnir down and you just hear it crashing everything upstairs. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I like when I Loki lads and he's like, ah. I've been falling for 30 minutes. But yeah, uh, we'll get there when we get there. Um, yeah. Doctor Strange. I did love how in this version of that same clip, when he refills uh, Thor's beer, there's no little cyclone on the inside of it. It just kind of refills. Yeah. But in Ragnarok, there's like a little cyclone in the, in the middle of it that kind of makes it come up. I think, yeah, I, I think it's better I without that. the cyclone. It um, looks more, it looks cooler without the cyclone. Yeah. For sure. And the last post credit scene was uh, Too Many Sorcerers. Um, yeah. Mordo goes mm-hmm. back to old Benjamin Bratt, who is the Doctor Strange <laughs> who got the treatment but didn't answer the hero's call. He turned yeah, he just literally turned right. Literally just used it to heal himself. Yeah. You you could have been Doctor Strange had you gone this way, maybe. But he went the route that Strange mm-hmm. wanted to go because Strange said right before the last kind of or the first confrontation, he said, I came here to heal my hands, not to be in a mystical yeah. war. And it's like, well, you made that decision, but now boom, mystical war is happening. Um okay, so yeah. Mordo to be honest, man, Mordo should have just 
sat back on his couch and chilled out because a couple of years later, Wanda does most of the work for him. Yeah. Oh, she does. Oh man. Yeah. I can't wait she to does. that movie again. I've got uh, but thoughts. anyways, <laughs> like I mean, why go after this dude who's not even using magic except literally to heal his broken back, you dickhead? That's uh, fucked up, man. It's That's to like show you that he, that person. he's a bad guy now. Yeah, but still, like there's bad guys and then there's like no, he's a just bad being a complete guy. dick. Yeah, that's him. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know much about him other than the fact that but I just head. know from what I'm seeing right now, that moment solidifies it. Yo, he's bad. Yeah. <laughs> like earlier in the movie, he disagreed and he strongly disagreed. At this point in the movie, he's bad. It's that's like picking bad. on a handicapped person, man. Yeah. Except not, a handicapped like, person like after a miracle that a made them baby. able-bodied and then making them cool. handicapped again. Yeah. It's fucked up. And I don't think handicap is the right word that we should be using. I don't know what it is, but I'm allowed to say that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I apologize. Um, so yeah, that's that's about it. Um, do you yeah. have anything to promote? Nope, still working on chaos. I'm on chapter five now, which is pretty cool. Getting ready to go through it. But if you guys want to keep updated. You can always check out my website, rustinpetray.com. And then I have Facebook, my author page on Facebook, and my Instagram page. So you can check me out there. Ooh, website. I got to get me one of those. Um, I, I recommend Wix. Wix is not Wix. sponsored, but Wix is very user-friendly in my opinion. Nice. I'll check it out. Uh, I currently have a Supers vs. Heroes is my creator-owned comic digitally available on Amazon. I think the easiest way to find that is to hit me on Instagram, which is at new.player.comics. And it's the link is right there in the bio. Um, issue two is finished, but not posted. And issue three is almost getting there. Um, so yeah, nice, that's, that's about I'm it. I'm excited. Me. Can't wait to read them, man. Can't wait to show you, bro. Um, Cool, man. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening again.